Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello? Is this the must-have-seen TV holiday gauntlet Thanksgiving? It is, it is, uh, yes, yes. I am aware that it's the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. Uh-huh. From the honeymooners to mad about you, you say. I'm actually not calling about either of those shows. Oh, oh my name? Oh, oh, I- I'm Brett White, and I'm actually your host. And, and on the other line right here, I have a guest, uh, my college pal and 70s uh, sitcom aficionado, uh, Ashley Spurgeon. Uh, hello, Ashley. <laughs> that was a lot of uh <laughs> that was a world i just went into a whole world but yeah welcome to must have seen tv thanksgiving i'm so excited to be here yeah as soon as i saw that you were doing a podcast about tv i said i want to be on that podcast <laughs> about tv yeah because uh you're the first person on the show that can speak to my sordid history. That sounds bad. Uh, my history of... And we, we come from a group of friends and people in college where we were all obsessed with TV Land and Nick at Night. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very much so. It was... Uh, yeah. I w- it's the opposite of sordid. It's, it's the most wholesome yeah, it's- thing to, like, delve into, you know? The wholesomest of wholesome things. <laughs> And what, you know, talk about Mary Tyler Moore. It's great. And all of us uh, desperately tried to dress like all of them. Exactly. Yeah, so long on my hair and vests and slacks. I remember it was like finding your white belt was like the big deal. Because this was 2003. Yeah. Yeah. That's the scene. Talk about the Walkman. Yeah, it's like... White belt. The the Strokes coming back just brought this. The Strokes debuting just brought this wave of seventies, eighties weird nostalgia and like sixties throwbackness that all of our college friends just dived headfirst into. It was very convenient because that was the Nick at Night era that we grew up with. We yeah. sort of missed the Mister Ed Petticoat Junction era. Oh yeah, but they. But we were super into Bob and Mary, all those MTM people. Uh, and so, yeah, you're here on my second installment of the Thanksgiving holiday gauntlet. Two of three, because there's only three weeks in between Halloween and Thanksgiving. What is your holiday ranking uh, between Thanksgiving, Halloween, and Christmas? Uh, Christmas is number one. Hell yeah. Question to me. Uh, it is a, it's perfect. It's a perfect thing for kids and it's fun and the songs are great and the shows are great. Number two, honestly, 
up Halloween. I had a huge discussion today about like what kind of candy are we going to buy for the kids because we just moved. <laughs> and like we talked about maybe doing full size bars, but that'll set us up forever. Yeah, like, that's a. You can afford to like be the house that does that. Yeah. There are whole episodes of TV shows. I mean, there's a whole Bob's Burgers episode about the house that gives out the full bars. We can't, oh, yeah, I was saying, it's like, we want to make a good impression now, since we're new to the neighborhood, but not that good of an impression, no. so going to pull it back. Yeah, good lord. Uh, <laughs> and then Thanksgiving, I guess Thanksgiving is my least favorite of the three, not because there's anything necessarily unfun about the holiday. It's more, it's a work holiday. It's food prep and then food cleanup. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's that's Thanksgiving. Yeah, and there yeah, and I think well, yeah, we'll get we got into a lot of my Thanksgiving thoughts last week. Uh and <laughs> the thing that you haven't heard yet cuz last that last week's episode is still a couple weeks away at this point is this episode right that we're doing today is very perfect for after coming after what I did last week. So let's Let's tiptoe into the discussion a little bit. Uh, so this week we're traveling to November 22nd, 1975. Dog Day Afternoon ruled the box office. That's the Way I Like It by KC and the Sunshine Band ruled the box office. So that's, or ruled the top of the charts. Those are two very different things. <laughs> Dog Day Afternoon and Disco. Uh, and CBS aired the Bob Newhart show Over the River and Through the Woods. Ashley, you must have seen Over the River and Through the Woods before. Many, many times when I was a kid, yes. Yeah. Frequently. Because I think of all the people I know, uh, you are probably one... Are you the only person I know that likes the Bob Newhart show as much as I do? That's, uh, that's honestly a little surprising to me. But now that I think about who else I know that likes the Bob Newhart show, it's probably, yes, just you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh... Because, I mean, like, in college, like we were saying, everyone kind of had, like, staked out... Like, we had a friend that, like, loved Mary Tyler Moore and, like, Dick Van Dyke show. And then there was, like, you know, some Melrose Place 90210, which is a very different genre, different era. But uh, not many, like, everyone, like, knew who Bob Newhart was and, like, liked him a lot. But no one really staked a claim of, like, no, this is what I like. I really imprinted on this show hard in my Nick at Night viewing when I was a kid. Like, I I watched all of the Nick at Night programming everything yeah you should leave it to beaver uh the aforementioned mr ed you know but <laughs> it, it was all of it but i could kind of even as a kid i think tell the difference between good and bad like oh yeah you back to mr ed you know it's like if, if you have the choice between bob newhart and mr ed you're gonna watch bob newhart right yeah there's so there's the the live energy. Like, you can tell, oh, this was actually shot from a live studio audience with, like, joke writers that are trying to write jokes and, like, mm-hmm. a, a cool chemistry. And also, I mean, like, being a kid and seeing this show uh, and seeing just, like, oh, these are, like, older people that are, like, dating or, like, don't have kids or, like, they're working professionals. And the, and the adultness of everyone. Yeah. Like, everyone looks, everyone is a grown-up and looks like a grown-up. Yeah. That's... That's definitely, I think that is definitely like the MTM brand because I struggle to think of shows that look more like grown up than Mary Teller Moore and Bob Newhart. Not a sitcom. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, and, and even now, like as I'm getting it, like I'm in my 30s now, I'm in my early 30s. It's like, oh, I guess that's my template for adulthood in a way, yeah. Mary Teller Moore and Bob Newhart. I mean that though. Yeah. You know? 
I mean, I've, I've, see, I feel like I don't need to get much into my Bob Newhart history because I've now talked about it on two extensive episodes. Yeah. <laughs> One um, very recently. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's dive into, um, this week on Must Have Seen TV, we're talking about the Bob Newhart Show episode Over the River and Through the Woods. It is the 11th episode of season four. It was written by Bruce Kane and directed by the man himself, James Burroughs. Here's how the DVD set, because you ain't finding this on streaming literally anywhere, describes the episode. It's a stag Thanksgiving for Bob when Emily flies off to join a family reunion, leaving Bob to give the bird to all of his male buddies. What? Thanksgiving (laughs) sprinkled liberally with bottles of good cheer and generous amounts of weird nostalgia makes it an interesting holiday. Ashley, how accurate is that description? That's extremely accurate. And I also think that sounds like a good template for, like, any show made right now. Like, weird nostalgia? Like, yeah. I never, I didn't even consider this episode in that sort of way. Yeah. We'll get to the William and Mary bit, but yeah. That's yeah. It's, I also really like the, whoever wrote that copy is like leaving Bob to give the bird to all of his male buddies. <laughs> like there's a, like you're, you're just a copywriter writing episode synopsis. Like I got to work in a double entendre. Like I got to work in like, get like. Whoever has that job. It's their dream job. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell that from yeah. what you just read. <laughs> it's like they love this show. They're like, finally, I got the Bob Newhart show. I get to write 144 two-sentence blurbs. Uh, puns, yes. Uh, so I, as I was saying before, this is a perfect episode to follow last week's. Um, our Cheers episode where me and my guest got shit-faced, basically. <laughs> Halfway through the episode, my guest was like, well, we need to actually be drunk to talk about this show. So we paused it, pounded three beers, and came back and had a, oh, God, a super long talk. So That's, that's so dangerous for this episode, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I won't suggest it since you already went there. Yeah, and I did not recover for a good 48 <laughs> hours. I was like, yeah, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> not in college anymore. <laughs> At all. Oh, oh. Uh, so that just, I guess that makes, that puts me in a mind, mind frame to be like, I know how painful this experience, like how Bob is feeling at the end of the episode. I'm like, yeah, I was just there. I was just there. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> so, um, like all the 70s shows, this episode starts off with the opening credits, like no cold open whatsoever, just dives right into the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, Wait, so did you watch this on a DVD set? I did, yes. Right, I did too. And so I'm trying to think if the version I saw, it was kind of a truncated theme song. It was, yeah. I didn't immediately recognize it, to be yeah. honest, because my mom has all the DVDs and I just re-got season four. So I've been mostly watching just streaming, which is one, two, three. Yeah, which annoys me <laughs> so much. <laughs> Why would you cut off halfway? It feels so, yeah, it feels like there's so much, I know that there's more that I can't access, so I'm glad I got this. Yeah, and, and, the, well, and the only way you can buy six is if you get the complete series box set. Which I, is, I was really excited to do the podcast, but not like that financially. Yeah, that's quite yet. That's intense. That was a Christmas purchase <laughs> that I made for myself last year. Uh, well, this is coming up, so maybe I need to. Tradition. Um, yeah, so, like, this is the opening credits where they, like, 
I feel like it was edited because it's Bob and Emily are both getting ready and they both leave. It's the version where they leave and leave Howard in their apartment, but the opening credits cut before we could see Howard's reaction shot to being, hey, I'm left in the apartment alone. <laughs> so I it, thought it was yeah. weird. And then this is also the second version of the theme song because there are like two Bob Newhart show themes. I prefer the other. Yeah. I also can't separate them in my head. music terms the 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 one i prefer is like bigger and brassier and this one is a little more muted yeah okay there's the it's very um i mean i was going and that was like some electric mayhem i was doing just then (laughs) (laughs) and now i need to take a drink of water after that (laughs) but the cult um so the episode starts proper and Bob and Emily is making uh, Halloween masks for her students. Yes. Which makes me wonder, this episode takes place over the course of three or four weeks? Weeks, yeah, so a month, basically. Yeah. Um, and my mom was a teacher, too, and that was, I felt accurate. I felt that ah. was true to the, because I got to see the at-home teacher experience, which, you know, most kids don't do. Yeah. I knew how much, how long it took to grade papers. There were, there was stuff like that, like, oh, I got to do some dumb bullshit to show the kids <laughs> <laughs> to do it in class. Well, and like the, uh, she's making these garbage bag masks that are terrifying. Paper bag masks. <laughs> yeah. Oh bag. yeah, the grocery bag. <laughs> yeah, paper grocery bag with yarn hair and witch nose. Yeah. And they make the head, like, the head is, like, parallel with the shoulders, because it's a huge garbage bag. So it just, like, the head goes flush to the shoulders. It would make sense if it was a robot head made out of cardboard, kind of. Yeah. But not for, like, I'm, like, little Susie something or other. (laughs) No, it's it's otherworldly. Yeah. Uh, and there's a really good runner that kind of is spread throughout the opening scene of Howard coming in. He comes in the first time talks to both them. Emily has the mask on. He doesn't comment on it. And as he's leaving, he pokes back in and says, like, oh, Emily. See you later, Howard. Uh, Emily, you uh, better take care of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> or something. What about your hair? Yeah. yeah. And then he comes back. Like, he leaves. They, Bob and Emily talk a little more. She puts it on a test outing, and he comes back in and leaves. And I don't think he says anything then. But then he, like, he pokes his head back in a third time and is like... When she doesn't have the mascot and is like, did you do something with your hair? It's just like this weird, fun little runner of him quasi-noticing that Emily has a paper head. Just a bag over over her head, just, again, like you said, resting on her shoulders and making her head three times as large. And wide. It's so gross. It's human head, yeah. It's like fucking Juggernaut or something. (laughs) Uh... But that's also such a great Howard thing. I love Howard Borden, obviously. Um, I love how uh, absent-minded and just like, yeah, of course he probably wouldn't notice this. It, it yeah, maps. How, do you, how does this person even perceive the world around him? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, what is Howard vision? Like, is he seeing everyone as, like, weird bag people all day? <laughs> well, he came in, was it to talk about Hawaii? 
Yeah, because his um he came in to say that his wife is taking Howie. No, he's having Howie for Thanksgiving because his wife is going to Hawaii. And Howard's like, he paid for her ticket. Yeah, he just paid for her <laughs> ticket. And he's like, yeah, I, I lucked out on that. And it's like, oh man, his wife is a she's a player. Like, <laughs> well, she got tickets for herself and her new husband. Yeah, he bought both of them tickets to Hawaii so he could have his own son. Yeah. For- Giving, which is so sad. Because <laughs> he, he loves his kid. But um, Bob immediately assumes, well, that of course means that Howard and Ma- uh, Howie are going to be coming over for Thanksgiving. And Emily's like, no, Not we're going. full suspicion on Bob's part. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Howard is in there every five minutes. I was like, he's not going to keep, he's not going to stay on Thanksgiving, the day with the most food. Emily points out they have already agreed to go to Seattle for her family reunion. And I need to talk about this Seattle family reunion that has a hayride and square dancing. That made no sense. That is the first note I made. <laughs> I took a note while watching this episode. It was insane. It, yeah. Emily to Seattle. I square dance hayride question mark. Seattle. <laughs> yeah. That's not. Uh, uh, no. That's not how that works. But I, like, I've never been to the Pacific Northwest. That said. But. Yeah, I went to Portland, Oregon a couple years ago, and I think that now they would definitely have square dances and hayrides, but it would be ironic. Good point. Like, but what was, like, 1975 Seattle like? I, I mean, because this is 20 years before anything, This right? is, yeah, like, six like years before... Town? Yeah. Is, I don't know. I mean, I guess, like, baby Kurt Cobain is there, right? <laughs> <laughs> and isn't he talking about what a shithole is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> he doesn't want to go at all. Uh, I'm also going to talk a lot about Bob's clothes. Well, good. Obviously. In the opening scene, he's wearing a... I don't know. He His casual wear, he, <laughs> he fancies these shirt jackets. There's nothing casual about it. Yeah. Like, like it all... See, it's still very structured. Yeah. He's wearing a brown shirt suit jacket thing over a red wide collared shirt <laughs> and I don't know what and then later in the episode I wrote down um, disco white stripes <laughs> disco white his pants at the party oh. it's his pants that I adore by the way yeah I need those pants I want those pants so bad but at the party later on he's wearing a white wide collar button down shirt and then another one of those is it a shirt or is it a jacket it's almost like if it was suede, it might make sense, but you can't even really tell what material yeah. things are. Yeah, it, it 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 looks like it is made from a shirt material, but cut like a jacket, and so therefore it looks like he's wearing two. Sh- it's a it's a look, uh, and that's like a bright like red, like the reddest red, and he has like the sleeves cuffed so you can see more of his white shirt, and it's so great. <clears throat> but his pants are like a black plaid. Or like, maybe even dark brown. Yeah. I, I look at it's it like and I... A s- wa- like a lot of negative space. Yeah. Pattern, very thin. <laughs> it's a really thin plaid pant. Oh, I love them so much. <laughs> I was just thinking, that's like my entire aesthetic right yeah. now. What's great about his collared shirt at the party, too, is like the, the, the sort of like physical comedy of it where it's askew after he's drunk. Yeah. Where there, it starts pristine, and then by the time he's on the phone ordering Chinese food, like, half of it's tucked in. <laughs> like, half of 
white is like tucked into the undershirt. It's so good. There's and also a moment of physical comedy with uh, Howard's. Like I, at first, I thought that Howard is wearing like a nice like. It still like totally looks good today, like legit, like just red and navy striped sweater. I good. or any man I know would wear that. It looks yeah, good. It's great. Still looks good. Uh and I previous times I've watched this episode, I thought he's just holding it. But I watched it uh, again today and I noticed no, he, it's like he's taken off the sweater all the way to that point of his arm and is now just holding the rest of it. Because I noted, no, he's still wearing the arm. Right. <laughs> You're right, yes. And he's just holding the rest like a football or something. Oh, that's just great. Um, but Bob is, he wants, he doesn't want to go to Seattle. And so he's kind of like saying... Well, you know, uh, the holidays are, are the roughest times for my patients. You know, I, I don't like to be that far away from them. And then we cut to an office scene where we get a Mr. Carlin appearance. Yay! Gotta love Mr. Carlin. Very exciting. And he's, uh... He hated Halloween because no one liked his butter dishes. (laughs) Which was probably my favorite joke of the entire episode. (laughs) The entire butter dish digression. Yeah. There's a great, like... He says, like... I wish wish Emily and I had thought about that. We gave out candy. (laughs) The butter dishes forever. (laughs) Butter dishes on Halloween. He got them engraved. Yeah. Well, they had messages. Hey, kiddo, happy Halloween. Yeah. And then there's a and he Bob like tells him like, well, I'm going to Seattle on Thanksgiving, and Carlin's like, no, you're not. Like, I need you. That's the day I need you the most. And he gets so mad. He he goes out and he asks Carol like, would you like an engraved butter dish? And she's like, sure. He's like, you can take his. (laughs) It's really great. Uh, this is the only Carol scene we get too. I know, yeah, that was. I, I thought about that too because Marsha Wallace was like very large in my mind. Mm-hmm. What, like, it's such an integral part of the show, but not in this episode. So it was a little weird. Not much Emily either. Yeah, that's the weird thing about these '70s shows that only had an A plot and did not do what we now know as like A plot, yeah. B plot, C plot. Whereas, like, you would see. Um, like, if this episode was being written now, the A-plot would be Bob and the guys at home getting drunk. And then there would be, would be a B-plot where maybe Carol goes to the Carol family reunion. with Emily somewhere doing something else. Like, oh, Emily had to pick up Carol from the airport. Yeah. And yeah. you would get so much more hijinks and stuff with them, which, ah, uh, I would love. Because I love Marsha Wallace so much. Just, I mean... It's an overused word, but legendary. Yeah, I, yes, you know, I think so. Honestly, Bob Newhart show and The Simpsons. What? That's the perfect career. I was. I got so mad. I think I, I tweeted out like, if I, I wish I could time travel back to the '80s and pitch a show starring Marshall Wallace and Patty Deutsch as mismatched sisters. Because <laughs> again, like, it's it's a shame that Marshall Wallace. Like, the Simpsons is great, and I'm, I wish that Marshall Wallace had also had like a live action leading role on another sitcom. Like, she should have got like the Marshall Wallace show. Damn it! I mean, look at her; she's perfect for television. Oh, God, she's so great, so tall and lanky, big red hair. It's yeah. Oh man, tall and lanky in women always works really. I was just thinking of Caitlin Olsen. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Like, do you watch the Mick? Oh, I love the Mick. Oh my god, it's so good, so good. Oh yeah, I can. There's a there's a there's a bit of a vibe there. I could see a Caitlin Olsen playing a modern day Carol. <laughs> yeah, I mean she's so much more physical 
but yeah. Oh. So okay. yeah, we have to <laughs> sing her praises. We have to sing Carol Kester's praises while we can because she's out after that scene. I, yeah, I mean, I guess it's the holidays, so. Yeah, it's also kind of a shitty thing that like Bob is in town. He could have invited Carol over. He he invites his patient over. Yes. Which seems to be beyond inappropriate. <laughs> I can't. I don't, I don't think that's legal. Yeah. Isn't that doesn't seem that it's not above board ethically. No, he, he's a bad psychologist, but also I love him. <laughs> There's a really great joke when Jerry comes in. Um, he just comes into Bob's office and immediately says like, Hey, uh, Bob, you want to take a chance on a turkey? What's wrong with it? <laughs> and I'm like, I love these just I like. I was wondering if that was like 70s slang I didn't really get anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's, my, that's my excuse for a lot of things I don't understand. Yeah. It's just such a good, like, just set up, like, boom, boom, hey, hey, here, heard this one? Like, it's so... Uh, and then Jerry immediately barrels into, I'm an orphan, which, by the way. Which, he does hit a lot, all, throughout the entire series. He he loves bringing that up. <laughs> God, I felt bad. He won't shut up about being an Jeez. orphan, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, um, But, oh, I'm trying to think, is that when, uh... There's also the scene, like, right around then is when um, Emily decides, like, to go alone. She decides to fly alone, and they bring up her fear of flying. Oh, yes, yeah, that's right. Which I and love she, that callback. That, yeah, that was a, that was great. That was, like, established super early. That, that was, was like, episode two. Jesus, okay. I think, yeah, wow, I, think, yeah. I think that's episode two, uh, her fear of flying. And Bob has this really funny line of like he dropped her off at the airport and he could see her like getting boarding the plane. Just really got on that plane by herself, huh? Yeah, all, all the way up the ramp, I could hear her muttering, "Tall bus, tall bus." <laughs> <laughs> she, I love that. That's so good. Uh, but now that Bob has decided to like stick around and they're going to split up, Elliot is now like hill thyself. And he's like, I'm just going to sleep through the holidays. <laughs> oh yeah, that saying patient heal thyself. Yeah. And he's like, my news goal is just sleep through all the holidays. I'm gonna do all of them. Could pose a problem with Lent, but uh bum. <laughs> What's funny to, yeah, Elliot is watching this again, just getting prepared for this he's he's so much more sarcastic and like mean. Yeah. His delivery sometimes than you'd expect. He's so I guess, yeah. I love him so. I love Jack Riley so much. Uh, and him and uh, Jerry have a really weird chemistry, a rude energy. Because I noted that, like, Jerry comes in when he, like, interrupts Elliot when him and Bob are talking, and Jerry's like, he calls him a sick... You're a very sick man, Carly. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they, their, their jabs were, like, not, not friendly, not friendly no. between buds, and, like, really cruel honestly and it's very weird to be like i'm gonna come into my friend who's a psycho a psychologist and then make fun of his patients yeah <laughs> exactly i have to see i yeah it's also crossing so many lines what are what if that's why you don't invite your patients home to dinner no that's why you don't get overly chummy with your co-workers basically there's a lot of this, I think on the previous episode I did of the Bob Newhart show, uh, 
my cohort, Kevin, pointed out that, like, the Bob Newhart show is basically Bob and his wife. They love each other. They're good. And then all these people that are just thrust in their lives. Yeah, it's like friends by proximity. It's like, yeah. oh, that's the guy down the hall. Oh, that's the guy whose office is down the hall. This is the guy who comes to my <laughs> office. And that's it. The yeah. End. And they and like and they're only friends because all these other people are just persistent and just keep coming at them. Literally barging into their lives. Yeah, I wrote that like Elliot just barges in. There's a moment where like he barges in and is like, Doc, I need to see you right now. Bring us some coffee, will you, Carol? Yeah. And hold all Bob's calls. Check. When you finish with that, you might as well take the rest of the day off. Fine, Elliot. When can we speak about my raise? Later, Carol. I'm busy now. <laughs> it's like, damn. <laughs> Bob, like, take some control. Jeez. Uh, we, um, at that point, we then move to basically, like, um, the main course of the uh. episode, which is the Thanksgiving Day. Because Jerry's like, I'm going to come over at 930 because I want to, he's wanting to watch the William and Mary game. Yes. <laughs> which is a college. It is. Okay. This is where, like, football and college stuff, I get... It's named after monarchs of a period of British history I'm not super familiar with. That's William of Orange. That's like the Dutch. Yeah. Oh, it's it's like it's like the 17 somethings that I don't know. That's okay. And Jerry went there. And Jerry went there. Orphan Jerry. Orphan Jerry. And he's there. He's wearing a William and Mary sweatshirt. I love it. It makes him look like a baby. Like it makes him look like a little tiny. It's, what's weird to me is, is is that whole get up. It makes me think of like a 1920s college aesthetic. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you know, but he would have been there in the 50s, I guess. Yeah, yeah, because uh, he's probably the same age as Bob, who was born in 29. Oh god, it's also that's. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, 1929. Doing the math. Yeah. Well, it's because I mean, I've he's 88. I've been doing a lot of all this. Uh, oh math in my head. I was like, he's 88. I have to meet him now. <laughs> uh, so he comes in and he has, you know, helping the old timey vibe is he has like an old timey jug. <laughs> it looked, I couldn't tell at first if it was like a moonshine jug, but it's more of like a Chianti kind of like yeah. wicker. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a wicker <laughs> thing. He said, is it cider and vodka? Is that what he said? Yeah. Cider and vodka, which is, uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a drink. Um, and so he's like, look at this. Every time the opposition scores, a drug like this will get us through a sixty-two to nothing drubbing. <laughs> What's the score now? Thirty-eight-six. <laughs> Who's winning? Here's a glass. <laughs> this is good. Um, and that begins their downfall of this drinking. Is the of alcohol. Every time Bob drinks, a doorbell goes off. Take a swig of this, Bob. It won't matter. <laughs> And that's Mr. Carlin there barging in. I I don't... Did Mr. Carlin just show up or was he invited? I think he just showed up. Yeah. So maybe Bob didn't... Yeah. But Bob did cross the line by not telling him to immediately go... Go away. (laughs) Go away. Private home space. Yeah. I'm with friends. Also, you should not have my address. You should not... What exactly? Well, he's in the book. He is in the phone book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's a plot point later on. 
Uh, and this is where I have written my notes, A-plus pants. Yes, because oh, this is when the shot, like, you actually get the full glory of yeah. the costume. Ugh, and it's so good. And I, that, That'll be a Halloween costume at some point, maybe. That, this would actually be a very good deep dive group Halloween costume. Is like the four of them. Because everyone is so... That's that's a good idea. Because they're all like... Howard has that half-off sweater. Uh, Elliot is wearing his normal three-piece suit, but at the end it's like his jacket's off and I think his vest is undone. And then the William and Mary sweater. And then Bob's impeccable, white, like, white striped white, safari. White. Ugh, so good. <laughs> uh, so they, they gets off to, like, a really rough start because... Elliot keeps rubbing the fact that Jerry's an orphan in his face or whatever. Yes. Like, like, like chums do when you invite someone into your home. Yeah. <laughs> this, invite a patient into your home. This patient that I see at my workspace is now reminding me I'm an orphan on Thanksgiving. <laughs> what a turn my day has taken. Ugh. Uh, and then they knock on, there's another knock at the door. And who says, like, it ain't going to be someone complaining about the noise? Is that Elliot? Yes, yeah. I believe so. And it's Howard. <laughs> there to complain. About the noise. He has to complain about the noise. <laughs> Just so good. Uh, and Howard is now sad. Because. Well, Lois and her husband decided to take him with him. Now, Howie's in Maui. <laughs> Which made me laugh so much when he said that. Yeah. He, I loved it. He said it so sweet and like. Or just like sweet and heartbroken. And just like, Howie's in Maui. <laughs> And so now we have all four of them, and I think it like it kind of like dissolve cuts into like time time jump, and they're all hammered. Yes. Um, oh, and there's a turkey. Did we talk about the turkey? Oh yeah, Bob. Bob won the raffle for the turkey from the orphans. The orphan turkey raffle. Yeah. <laughs> then Jerry guilted him into he guilted him into buying a raffle because he's like, don't you know what orphans have to eat on Thanksgiving because they don't have enough money? Meatloaf. And Bob's like, because you're the turkey. you're raffling away the turkey. <laughs> so they have this like rinky dink little turkey. It looks like a Boston market like rotisserie it's chicken. So small. At first, honestly, at first I thought it was just like, wow. I thought about hormones. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about like, what are we eating now? Was that a seventy? But then there was a joke that it was absurdly, absurdly small. And yeah. That a lot better. <laughs> Bob says, like, it looked like you pulled it off of the ledge out there or something. Yeah, size. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about how all four of their drunk personas. Because they're all kind of a different type of drunk. Like, Elliot's still... I mean, he's kind of still the same. The same. Yeah, it's... He's still... He's... Ugh. I mean, he's probably used to that kind of drunk. <laughs> yeah. Honest about this um, Howard yeah. is more of Howard's more like kind of childlike, wondery. He's giggly, yeah, goofy. Uh, Jerry is well. It's like all their her personalities are kind of heightened because Jerry is just kind of insufferable. <laughs> He's it just was, yeah, exactly. And also the football isn't helping. Yeah. He just keeps <laughs> screaming about everything, like, you said, yeah, well, why don't we set up for some pizza? Uh-huh. Ah, you know, said you said pizza. Do you want to say pizza, but you said pizza, didn't he, Bobby? It's, he's just obnoxious. Yeah. It's, generally, it's so hard. 
and then just, just watching sitcoms and thinking of like the analogs and like real life it's like what would it actually be like to be around a jerry what would it actually be like to be around a howard you yeah know? so the patience the saint like patience <laughs> honestly of bob and emily who have to like you know put up with them these. yeah Cause yeah, I mean like Jerry is one of the more no one really talks about him as a character that much. I mean, no one talks about this show enough. Period. I agree. Uh, but like him as a character, he, they do a really good job of. He's kind of like a Schmidt from New Girl. Like he's got this really, like there's an episode where he either comes into money or is having a midlife crisis and just starts wearing nothing but like leather and buys like a car and is just like super sleazy about it. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's kind of a dirtbag. Yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. But he's always wearing that, like, orthodontist smock, so you think he's, like, nice and sweet. He's like, oh, he's a nice dentist. He's, an, oh, he's a pediatric orthodontist. He yeah. only works with kids, you know? It's like, no, dirtbag. But he's, yeah, he's he's kind of selfish. Um, and then Bob <laughs> is, like, the best drunk actor. So good. Him, so good. Uh, just the way, like, all of his, the way he... Pay, like the the patience, the the like mild swaying he will do. Things with his eyes. Yeah. He just like blinks and stuff. It really plays into the fact that he's such a good straight man deadpan actor. Uh, so to do that, you have to be really in tune with like nuance, like facial expression and like things like that to make being a straight man funny. And he like really hypes that up for playing drunk. Where he it's just like doing all the same straight man stuff, but it's like slightly wobbly. Like it's when like em- a little bit louder, like not loud. Yes. But just yeah. like one degree louder. And I love like when Emily comes in later and his like line is like Hi Bob. Hi, Emily, what's happening? <laughs> it's so good. It's funny. <laughs> they decide to like uh, Howard is like, I heard you shouldn't eat or drink on an empty stomach, so we need to eat something. And Bob's like, well, we'll cook the turkey, and they get it out, and it's just like frozen solid. And so <laughs> they, they try to sit on the counter. Yeah, and they try to start cooking it, and there's this really funny joke of like, it's ridiculous. We can cook that in a half hour. We'll just turn it up to two thousand degrees. <laughs> it only goes up to five hundred. Then <laughs> we'll use four ovens. <laughs> Uh, 
yeah. Those kinds of jokes where it goes one degree further, I guess. Yeah. I thought it was going to be done. Because when, like, Jerry, like, actually physically pulls off the oven knob, it's like, it only goes to 500. He's holding it. So, like, that's, like, a physical sign of, like, the joke is done because I'm holding exactly. it. <laughs> there's, I can't, I don't remember which episode it's in, but there's one joke where Emily says something like, oh, do you remember that foster boy you grew up with? And it's like, oh, yeah, Jim Foster. <laughs> it's just, like, it kills me. <laughs> Yeah, there's so much of that in the Bob Newhart show of just like it's it's weirdness is in its simplicity like that, like a drunk math joke is a weird joke. It's very simple, but also just like slightly off. Even just like something like Howie's in Maui. It's yeah. Like, oh, that sounds so we'll just write that they're going to Hawaii. Yeah. For the holidays. I love it. Uh, uh and so they decide to, like, now order some Chinese food, which gets to the most... I mean, honestly, probably this is probably the most iconic episode of Bob Newhart. Most, I think so, yeah. Um, so they're on the phone. The what? The finale. Oh, that's Newhart. Yeah, yeah but, well, but that's also Bob Newhart show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Bob is on the phone, and he, like, everyone's ordering more, like, good, more... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Mugu Guy Pan. Yes. <laughs> I just had a hard time saying out loud sober. Uh, <laughs> there's a really good joke of like. I have another Mugu Guy Pan. More good as all. And then it gets to like Bob is now like when he's like giving them the address, he's like, look up it, look it up in the book. My first name, how do you spell it? Der Bob Hartley. <laughs> Der. <laughs> period. <laughs> and then he hangs up the phone on the table, not on the receiver. <laughs> also, a good example of, you know, when it's like, uh-oh, it's the 70s and someone is about to order Chinese food, this might get yeah. dicey. And it never does. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, uh, that's the thing I noticed by watching all 70s sitcoms, is I guess that... Uh, Chinese food became a national thing in the 70s because there are so many jokes about Chinese food. Oh, that's interesting. In Both in Bob Newhart and Mary Tyler Moore, there are so many jokes about it not filling you up or having, like, weird names or... Clovers and... Yeah. yeah that's, and, or, you know, having cartons of it and... It's just such a big, big, big it's, joke. It's, I wonder if it would have been, like, New York... And then everywhere else, probably in the 70s. Yeah. I watched the the Search for General So documentary. Ooh. That's, that's about, good. it's about the origin of General So's chicken and about how that is, and like trying to find out what it actually is, because it is a, <laughs> it's an American food that's an approximation of Chinese food, which is what like Mugu Gai Pan and all of it is. It's all. Yeah. That's not a thing. It's not real. Um, and they actually, like, in that documentary, they take pictures of General Tso's chicken to China and show people there, like, what would you call this? What is this? And everyone there is like, what? What the fuck is that? That's, <laughs> That's insane looking. Uh, and that, it's a really interesting thing because it tracks, it. you know, it is really talking about, like, Chinese immigration to America. And then, of course, exactly. all the bullshit and all the, like, legislation and laws. And, like, there is a joke when Bob's, when the, they're like, we'll call my favorite Chinese place. And, like, what's it called? And Bob's like, it's actually a laundromat. Which is, like, a really <laughs> funny joke. But if you, like, know about the history of America, and it's like, well, in San Francisco in, like, the early 1900s, the only jobs that Chinese people could legally have were 
like laundromat and restaurant. Exactly. Yeah. So like that is not an intentionally racist joke, but it is a joke that benefits from the racist history of our country. So hooray. Yeah. And as, as far as the phone conversation goes, like it's not really like making fun of the name. No, it's them being drunk. Drunk. Exactly. Yeah. Drunk is the joke. Not yeah. Because Bob says like, Moogoo goo goo or something, and then and then Jerry annoying. Baby food. God, Jerry just can't let it go. Just keeps saying it, and it's like, oh god, Jerry, <laughs> calm down. Hey, you remember the time you did this embarrassing thing? That's Jerry. Yes, God, yes. Uh. <laughs> and also throughout this entire thing, which is why it's really hard to talk about this scene, is that it is so tightly written because throughout this entire drunk main course of the episode is there's a knock-knock joke runner. Yes. <laughs> yeah, which, what, seven minutes, five minutes? What? Yeah, and it keeps coming back as either um, people uh, tapping the turkey against the table, they respond with who's there, and then Carlin just trying to tell knock-knock jokes, and then people actually being at the door, and it all <laughs> has different permutations, and they all respond to them in different ways. And it's so good. <laughs> it's just, I don't know uh, how you would even write it or perform it. Um, before we recorded it, I, this episode has a commentary track on the DVD with James Burroughs, who directed it, and then Jack Riley, who played Mr. Carlin, and Bob Newhart. And it's worthless, unless you just want to listen to them basically watch and laugh. And laugh. <laughs> laugh the whole time. I watched it, too. I thought that I was going to... I was going to bring that up when yeah. we got to, like, the climax of the scene. We're like, oh, yeah. It's, I mean. it's just them laughing, which is adorable of just like, of course, they're, they probably have not seen this episode in, like, 20 years. And it's, like, bringing memories. Uh. And so, but the one thing I did note was, like, Jack Riley said, like, I was nervous about messing up the rhythm of this because it was written so tightly. And I was like, ah, that's some insight in this <laughs> And even just watching it, like, this scene is where you definitely notice the sort of, like, stage play aspect yeah. of sitcoms of this type. You know, it, it, it always is, like, when they're in the office or when, when Emily's there in the beginning, but when it's, like, like that snappy, like, yeah. moving, it's, like, you're really aware of, like, the sort of play aspect of it. It's a good, like, I mean, James, there's a reason, you know, James Burroughs is the still the living legend, still directing Will and Grace today, like crazy. Because the episode, the staging starts out in, like, living room, then it goes to the kitchen, then they go up behind the couch, there's yeah. people on the couch, then Bob's on that corner table on the phone, and then they're all on the couch. Like, it does this, like, loop around. And, once. Yeah, and, oh, Bob's carrying the phone, like, with him. Yeah. Uh, and then he slams it down on the table, there's no receiver, just like, <laughs> that was that was my other favorite. I, I love that moment, and it's such a good, because right before that, what makes that really work for me is that right before that, he's having a weird, like, status play, where he's like, duh, I'm, because there, there's no reason why he needs to tell the Chinese restaurant that he is a doctor. He's a doctor, exactly. But then, as soon as he, like, hangs up that phone on no receiver and has this, like, smug look on his face, he's immediately undercut. And it's like, you're so stupid. <laughs> you're alone on Thanksgiving with your yeah. patients. <laughs> your asshole friend and your moochie <laughs> neighbor. <laughs> but I think, like, uh, Howard is a better friend than Jerry, right? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Okay. <laughs> and Carol needs more love. 
Carol should be there too. Um, Emily then comes home because she like missed Bob, and there's a whole another like knock knock. Is that the food we just or like there's a whole misunderstanding. <laughs> She walks in, they, uh, and then we get the, hi, Emily, what's happening? And <laughs> she's like, oh, my God. You're so drunk. I think about it, too, from, like, Emily's perspective. You know, your husband is just like, no, I don't want to go to your family's house for this holiday. Yeah. And then you come home, and he's drunk. <laughs> With this patient that you probably. Basically, yeah. That you probably, Emily's probably told him many times, like, hey, stop. Stop. Your patients in my house. This is—I'm a teacher. This is inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, stop this. Um. Then she's like, "We're gonna get you some coffee." And then this great line of like, "Bob, Bob, I think I'll make you some coffee." I love coffee. <laughs> I love tea. I love the Java Drive, and it loves me. Which is, I looked up, is a reference to a '40s, I think, a standard or a musical. Okay, so, I did not get that. Because, again, that was one of those things where I was like, okay, everyone knew that, so that's yeah, too specific. It was obviously a reference to something. Yeah. yeah. It was too specific for Elliot to just <laughs> come up with out of nowhere. The 40s, so that would have been, in the, so then 30 years later, so that's like... If someone's making 80s references. The Java Jive is there, uh, I wear my sunglasses at night. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's... Whoever at the Java Jive is the Corey Hart. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's the weird thing about watching these old sitcoms is you get a you you realize that the uh, shared pop culture like knowledge was so specific about like standards and musicals. Yes, like, and even on something like I recently watched old episodes of Name That Tune. Oh yeah, did, someone did not get a song from Greece. It was literally like yeah. I, Blown away, they did not get a Grease song, but they got like, oh, that sweet spring morning or something. Yeah. <laughs> like 19, some 1950s kind of musical thing that I've never heard of in my life. Yeah. It's so interesting to see that play out. Because, I mean, like the fact that, like, long, um, end of Mary Tyler Marshall, they all sing Long Way to, long way to Tipperary. Which, again, like, I only know that because of the Mary Tyler Marshall. I know. And I have this, and correct me, do you have the same thing with? Like, you have this pop culture frame of reference that is way deeper than a lot of your peers. Yeah. Because we watched, like, these 70s shows when we were kids in the 90s, and these 70s shows were referencing things from the 40s. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think about this, like, why do, Why the hell do I know who Fatty Arbuckle is? Yeah, exactly. You know? It's, like, it's so random. <laughs> Bizarre. And, you know, yeah, that's the thing of, like, we all grew up on, like, Looney Tunes, which exactly. were made in the 50s, but referencing, like, movie stars of the 30s and 40s. Yeah. And we were watching them in the 80s and 90s. Why? Who knows? And now I do see weird things with, like, the interns at work and stuff. Since everything is on YouTube, nothing is in a context anymore. And so you'll be like, oh, when did that come out? Like, the 60s? Is that, like... Is yeah. that the Cheers episode from like '67 or something? It's like, oh my god, Cheers is from the '80s. Cheers is the most '80s show. What do you? I had I have a coworker who referred. He said he talked about Eddie Murphy movies from the '60s. <laughs> like, oh, dude, dude, no, 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 no. Eddie Murphy was like born in the '60s. Yeah, so he's home movies. Like in the '80s, the '60s and the '80s were two different decades, my dear. Oh man. <sighs> Because I, 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 I really like, no, like, I'm all about context. Every decade has a story. Know the story. <laughs> I agree. VH1. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
They taught me well. Um, so yeah, the episode ends with like, they're all out. Bob now has a hangover. When, by the way? I guess. Is it immediately? Like, did, did, did Emily kick everyone out and he's already hungover? I couldn't tell like how long had yeah. passed. Well, I would imagine if they, if Jerry got there at 930, I bet maybe like the meat of the episode, okay. what was, was it dark outside? It was. Oh. Yeah. I guess they started getting drunk first thing in the morning. Good point. So I guess that's probably like five. Maybe all that's taking place <laughs> at like 5 p.m. I can see that. Like it gets dark a little bit earlier. So maybe it's like five or 6 p.m. Maybe yeah. Emily's kicked them out. It could be like 11 p.m. And Bob would probably be feeling a hangover maybe. If he's gotten pumped full of coffee and hasn't had anything more that to drink for like yeah. six hours. <laughs> um, oh no, but then because the thing that, no, the thing that throws us all off oh, is the, yes, of course, yes. the Chinese food comes. It comes on a, on a, on a, on a dolly, on yeah. a trolley. And it's $93 worth. For what would you say? 60, you have to measure this in pounds. I would say that's about 60 pounds. Of oh yeah. Food. He, I mean, he's just like they ordered like one of everything. We only had twelve forks. That goo, they just like added a box. Yeah. So much. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a great it's a great ending. Ugh. It was a great episode. It's so funny. It it makes me laugh out loud. Yeah, and I just I just I love Bob so much. Obviously, <laughs> I love a good drunk Bob episode. Uh, <laughs> we can move on to the trivia portion. So, on average, season four of the Bob Newhart Show, uh, 20.7 million people watched it every week on average. So that's, okay. that's fine. That's good. But it was ranked 26th for the season. Wow. Um, this is actually the last season that is in the top 30. It falls down to like 50-something for its last season. Uh, it was tied with Donnie and Marie and something called The Streets of San Francisco. I don't think I've ever even mm -hmm. heard of a cop show. Yeah, uh, yeah that is definitely it's a like cop only, show. Like, three channels. Yeah. Three channels. Um, the top five shows of the 75-76 TV season were The Bionic Woman at five, number four, Maude, number three, Laverne and Shirley, two, Rich Man, Poor Man, and number one, All in the Family. Wow. Um, the re I, I realized this is the first season that All in the Family was not on Saturday night. So this is... It had moved to Mondays at this point and took Mod with it or whatever, or was paired with Mod over there. So all of CBS's Sunday night programming, like Mary Tyler Moore wasn't in the top ten. Like it had all kind of dipped a little yeah. bit, and Bob was like the lowest rated of the four, I think. Um, but still plenty of people watched it. It's important, damn it. <laughs> That's, yeah, and you know what? It's sort of in between what was what was the movie? It wasn't Taxi Driver. What wait, wait Dog Day Afternoon? <laughs> Dog, yeah, it's sort of in between Dog Day Afternoon and Disco, you know? It's <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a wild time. <laughs> God. Um, so the IMDb rating, 69 users rated this a 9.2. That seems fair. Yeah, I would say that. I would say those 69 users are accurate. <laughs> also, more people need to rate this show. That's my call to arms, or call to action. Uh, 
Um, so in 1997, TV Guide rated this the number nine greatest TV episode of all time. Wow. I, it, you know what? It wouldn't even be on their radar today. No. Uh, there's on their radar. evidence. Um, so at that time, in 1997, on the list, it is in between the Dick Van Dyke show Coast to Coast Big Mouth, which is the episode where Laura reveals Alan Brady wears a toupee oh, okay. on live TV. Yes. And the number ten epi- the number ten episode was X Files Clyde Bruckman's final repose. <laughs> so I'm on board. Okay. I, I, I want to find that. I want to look. Can you have that entire list? Okay. Uh, I googled. I googled it and like found it. Okay. Um, or it might even be on Wikipedia. Uh, but it's like it, that's nuts. Like it's like Dick Van Dyke, Bob Newhart show, X Files. Three of my favorite episodes of TV. So, <laughs> um, but then in 2009 they redid the list. And kind of, like, purposefully skewed it to new shit, so... Yeah, it's all just, like, The Sopranos. The Lost Pilot is in the top ten. Um, wow! So this... Oh, yeah, so this episode in 2009, it dropped to number 37. And it was in between the Star Trek The Next Generation episode Best of Both Worlds, which I do believe is where... It's a uh, Borg. Picard gets taken over by the Borg, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then it was right... serious one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. It's good. Um, and then it was right ahead of the S.H.I.E.L.D. episode, Possible Kill Screen. I've never watched the S.H.I.E.L.D. So I've never watched the S.H.I.E.L.D. But again, like, I guess that kind of shows you how TV changed between 97 and 2009. Because in 97, it was like a list dominated by sitcoms. Because the number one episode was Chuckles Bites the Dust. Um, in 2009, it's like in between Star Trek and The Shield. It's like, well, we're now into drama. It's like everything got so much grittier. Yeah. Even though the sitcoms are what this, you know, a mental patient telling a dentist that he's an orphan. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the DVD blurb for this episode. <laughs> it sounds like my dream job, honestly. Yeah. Uh, who would you say had the must-see performance in this episode? Um, uh, I'd have to go with Bob just because of the drunk. Yeah. The drunk scene. It's hard to top his... I mean, he plays drunk the best of literally anyone. And anytime oh. he does it, it's amazing. It's so funny and so good. We're it, as many actors as usual. I guess, like we said, minimal Carol. Minimal yeah. Yeah, I need to do a I need to do a Carol heavy episode. Um, I did the previous one we did was Caged Fury, and that one is more of an ensemble. But Bob and Emily are separated the entire time, so. so this uh, is now two for two. Bob and Emily separated for you. Oh yeah. Aww. Um, must other people see this episode of television? Yes. Yeah. Most definitely, especially around these wonderful Thanksgiving holidays. These hot and humid Thanksgiving holidays. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I definitely think this is like... I mean, that's why it was a no-brainer for me to include, because I think this is one of the most iconic Thanksgiving episodes of all time. And I guess, like, Thanksgiving is... It, it, it's essential. I mean, there's football and drinking and... It's not my big holiday, so I don't have any real yeah. traditions. What is really it? Going up to Boston to see my boyfriend's family this year. Um, but I don't have, like... Thanksgiving TV that I watch. Yeah, so, there aren't enough specials. And getting me back on this because I haven't seen this episode in a really long time. Yes, yeah, I definitely think people need to see it. Track it down somehow. I guess buy the DVD. It's on Amazon. I had it in like two days. I think it was under twenty dollars, and then I have so many more. I have all of season four. Yeah, you got like twenty four episodes to watch. 
It's a bargain. Yeah, those seasons were so long back then. That's what people griping about. I don't want to pay $10 for a Mary Tyler Moore season on iTunes. And it's like, that's like you get so 60 many cents. It's like, si- not only is it like 24 episodes, it's also, they're all like 25 minutes long. <laughs> it's too, exactly. I, I noticed that. And this was 24 minutes and some seconds. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much for running the Turkey Gauntlet. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. Yeah. Where can people find you on the internet if they want to talk about Bob Newhart? Oh, they can find me on Twitter at Ash Spurge. A-S-H-S-P-U-R-G-E. I'm mostly funny. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> are you still doing Nashville recaps? You're infamous- I am still doing Nashville recaps for the Nashville scene. It comes back in January. I didn't know I was going to be doing this for like seven fucking years. <laughs> I- been so long <laughs> it just keeps it's it's not been ever canceled yeah they just Think about that it just it's like oh now it's on cmt and connie Britton's not there and yeah. now it's about teenagers like it's great is it it's also on is it it's it's like exclusive to hulu or like hulu gets the episodes i'm quickly? not sure there's some I, sort of weird hulu partnership i think i don't know i still yeah I, I I watch it on the TV. Still, I'm worried when I have to watch it. Good, so. good stuff. So good. <laughs> well, thank you again, Brett. This is so much fun. Thank you for coming out. And that does it for this week's episode of Must Have Seen TV, the Thanksgiving Holiday Gauntlet Part 2. Thanks again to my guest, Ashley Spurgeon, for dropping by and talking about the Bob Newhart Show with me this week. Next week, the Thanksgiving Holiday Gauntlet concludes with You Knew It Was Coming a Friends episode. We'll be talking about the Friends episode, the one with Chandler in a box. The one with Chandler in a box is the season four Thanksgiving episodes. That means it's episode number eight of season four. You can stream Friends on Netflix, and you can also buy that episode on iTunes or Amazon. Until then, send your questions about sitcoms to musthaveseentv at gmail.com, and I will answer any if I get any. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr, where I post GIFs of every episode at musthaveseentv. Uh, if you like what you've heard, please, I beg you to rate and review the show on iTunes, and I will read your review on air if it's good. And if it's bad, then uh, see ya. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brett White. You can read the words that I write at Decider.com, including my piece about millennials and why they should love Bob Newhart, which eventually led to me meeting Bob Newhart, which you can hear that whole adventure a couple episodes back in the bonus episode brett meets bob you can check out my sitcom t-shirts and stickers which includes two bob newhart designs at tpublic.com slash user slash brett white the theme song this week is well i mean it's Patricia's Moving Picture by the Go Team, but at the beginning of the episode was a Bob Newhart interstitial music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Thanks to all y'all for listening, and I'll see y'all next week on Must Have Seen TV. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.